Hold one. Arm drag. Brett screwed Brett. It's me, Austin. I did it for the rock. Oh, shut your mouth, you thong wearing fatty. Number four, arm bar. I am Sir Michael Cole. What? Welcome everyone to this week's episode of Grapplecast. It's me, your host as always, Taryn, and today I'm alongside Jamie. What's up, Jamie? Hi, how are you doing? You all right? Yeah, I, I, I'm going to say what's up, Poose, because we usually have two other people with us that usually <laughs> say what's up, Poose, but unfortunately uh, they're not here that, this week. That's Dan and Joe's only role on the show. They're going to be listening to this back going, what the hell are they talking about? Um, but yeah, to our regular listeners, Dan and Joe aren't joining us this week. They're probably off doing a quiz somewhere at that pub that they do go to in South Wales, and they'll come second again probably like they always do because they don't win. Um, but yeah, it's just me and uh, it's just me and Jamie this week. But we do have a very special guest, something that we're really excited to have on the show this week. It's something that... Um, We've been planning now for a few weeks, and it's really, really great that he's joining us. We're joined this week um, by Josh Howard. Uh, reason being is there's a brand new startup wrestling promotion that's happening here in the north of England, something that I myself am really looking forward to, really excited about. I know you are as well, Jamie, um, hence the reason yeah. it's just the two of us on tonight to being up in the area. Uh, and yeah, and Josh is joining us this week. Uh, he's going to give us an insight, hopefully, into the world of setting up a brand new wrestling promotion bit of background about himself, about the uh, any upcoming shows and the talent that he's using as well. And uh, yeah, we, we really effectively just want to get people interested in the uh, in the CW, in Championship Wrestling Entertainment that's starting up fairly soon here in the north of England. But how are we doing, Josh? Thanks very much for joining us. Cheers. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. Fantastic. So just tell us a little bit about yourself, really, to start with, before we get into the uh, into the actual company itself. You know, your, your background and uh, your wife, is it Ellie as well? Yeah, yeah, Ellie, that's it. That's my wife, yeah. Been married now for, oh God, uh, it feels like a life sentence. Uh, about, <laughs> <laughs> about six years, not no, seven years. Fantastic. And, and with, with you yourself, are you... Born and bred Northwest Fleetwood, where have you moved over? Where are you from originally? Uh, originally, I'm actually from Ireland. All right, okay. Uh, yeah, just south of Preston. Um, yeah. Originally, um, moved up all the way when I was about 19, <clears throat> and then uh, 2014, me and Ellie bought a house in Fleetwood. Um, we've we've sort of stayed here ever since. Fantastic. And what's your background in general, regardless of the wrestling side of things? What what line um, of work are you in? Well, uh, currently, um, I actually work on the port at Fleetwood Dock, but previously, um, a lot of it was actually support work um, right. with challenging behaviour. Um, young people, kids, adults, um, <clears throat> quite varied, really. Um, so, yeah, it's a completely different sort of... Uh, <laughs> It's like you say, it's just crazy how it's all came about, to be honest. It really is how it's a sound. It sounds like a great experience. Yeah. It's a great experience. You can manage your roster, then, can't you? Manage the behaviors of a roster. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's coming handy, I suppose. (laughs) No, it definitely sounds like a a challenging job. Is that something that you did for a number of years before you moved onto the the docks, onto the ports? Um, God, yeah. It was about in total, on and off, again. Probably eight years, I think, in total. 
fantastic. And growing up yourself, are you? I, I mean, who's to say? But I imagine you've been a wrestling fan all your life. What, what was the what was the wake up moment for yourself and, and wrestling? When did you first start viewing? It? Everybody's usually got a story when they first watch wrestling mm. or the the first match or event they fall in yeah. love with or the first wrestler. What what was it for you? <clears throat> well, funnily enough, I have this conversation with a lot of people, and. A lot of, like I say, a lot of kids we, we grow out of it. I use that quote, grow out of it. I actually grew into it. I didn't start watching it until I was 18, believe it or not. Okay. Um, so WrestleMania 20, I think it was 24 or 25. Yeah, the, the main event, that was the first ever match I watched, was uh, the, the, the main event sticks in my head. <clears throat> I think it was Triple H, Randy Orton and John Cena in a triple threat. Yeah. Um, for the WWE title. Um unless I'm mistaken, and that was one of my first matches that I watched, and it was just, for me, obviously it was for wrestling, it was for pop, it was for crowd, it was the <clears throat> the intrigue of how the whole thing comes together, how it was made, I was just fascinated by it all, um, and then ever since then, me and my cousin, Bill, who passed away, who was the reason behind setting up the company, we used to talk out on a weekly basis about Oh, did you watch this? Did you watch that? And we just we just, we just literally discuss it for hours and hours on end. Um, so at eight, that... eighteen, then was that the? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I I imagine you weren't blind to the fact that there was a storyline element to wrestling at the oh, age yeah, of eighteen, of course. Of yeah. Course. And, and yeah, <laughs> so well, they, like you mentioned, then the the intrigue about how a show is put together, how a show is mm. booked, how how wrestlers are booked to 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 win and lose and whatnot. Um, that I. By the sounds of it, then that was kind of what you fell in love with. Then the actual intrigue around it all. Yeah, because the thing is, when you, when you watch it as a child, you come in with the preconceived notion that everything is not real, but everything is you know it's like all oh, the other sports. Um, but starting to watch it as of the age of eighteen, I was fully aware of the um the predetermined outcomes of everything uh, and I was fully aware of everything and that's what made the fascination that little bit more because <clears throat> I started to watch it as an adult not as a child and you start looking behind the curtain behind okay how does this come together um you know what's it like to what you know how what the talent experience all that sort of stuff there's so much to it it's unreal it's like never end, isn't it? I know that yeah. with myself back um, and going back a number of years ago when I was in university, I made a documentary for a Morecambe-based promotion. I don't believe they're around anymore. I think they changed to Alpha Omega Wrestling. Um, there was a chap called Johnny Fear who ran it beforehand. Um, and um, oh, why does his name leave me now? It'll come back to me, but the promoter of that was very kindly, uh, very kindly um, let me into it to film a documentary for a university project, and I was there for one of their events. So, uh, you know, all the backstage side of things, saw how the event was put together, everything from the ring build up until the production of the show to the actual um, choreographed side of things and the rehearsals before, and then got to to watch the live show. I mean, before that, it was literally for me going around viewing independent promotions like. Uh, Ricky Knight, Sweet Soraya's promotion, like WAW, that type yeah. of thing, um, beforehand, getting a little bit of a taste here and there, taste sessions as far as training, taste sessions as far as becoming a manager and a referee. That was kind of like my background with it, other than just being a fan. So I think with myself, I'm quite similar in your your side of things as far as 
the what and I think Jamie you're pretty much the same as well as far as we don't just watch wrestling these days for the entertainment which of course we do but we're, we're very much not lying to the notion of the backstage politics and what goes on and how things are set up and that's what we're interested in I think you concur on that one Jamie <coughs> yeah just it, it's quite interesting you say you, you didn't you didn't start watching it till you were 18 because and I, I I was watching it like back in 95 and grew up with it so have you actually gone back and watched the yeah. attitude era like yeah because obviously yeah. everybody like fans <coughs> see it all through a rose tinted glass thinking it's the best thing ever but going <laughs> to it to watch for the first time ever at 18 19 20 maybe not so much yeah so um i like i say i pretty much watched um most of wcw most of wwf when it was also wwf um and it's interesting looking back on it now because Looking back on it now, comparing it to the modern days, it's difficult to compare because obviously the, the, the eras were very different, you know. Um, I mean, some of the gimmicks and the stuff they got away with and some of the stuff that was said, I mean, it was unbelievable. You, there's no way you couldn't do that nowadays. Um, no. <laughs> and I think, I, think, I think wrestling's developed and come on a long way, um, you know, com- compared to back in the 90s. I think, I think the level... I think the levels improved. I think when people people clamber onto this heyday of you know the attitude era, and because you want a more of a, it's again it's more of your adults wanting more of an edgier product, which is what I think AEW offers, mm-hmm. and I think that's where the eighteen to forty nine demographic comes in because, and it does from a fan point of view, AEW for me offers that hardcore adult element, if you will. Obviously, WWE are more catered to the younger fans and the kids. Um, but I still watch all the products religiously just to study because um, I find myself watching sometimes two, three times and re- I'm rewinding it I'm yeah. watching it, you know, obviously you watch it as a fan but then you watch it and I think they just botched that move or, <laughs> right, okay, you know um, you know, the music was off or for example um, you know, I think it was a Charlotte Flair and Nia Jax they looked like it was a, a genuine uh, thingy at one point. Yeah, that was a few weeks back. That wasn't yeah, yeah, exactly. That, yeah. So it's, I end up watching it and learning. I watch a lot of, obviously, a bit of Impact, um, try and ca- catch up on Impact, um, Progress, ICW, try and watch as much of the, the stuff as I can. Um, and just learn. And just learn, because there's some stuff that I think different promotions do and it looks fantastic. Other stuff, I'm not so keen on. So again, it's just using that knowledge, using that experience, and just learning and just sort of making notes. That's 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 my take on it. Did you, did you obviously you said obviously you started a bit later, 18, 19 years of age. From watching it on TV, then did that pique your interest in going to watch any wrestling live? Have you seen much anything from the major promotions to the uh, independent promotions? Or is it more something that you take a backseat and kind of learn from from watching WWE, for example? Yeah, so it started off with WWE and then sort of filtered down into the Indies. Um, I've been to quite a few WWE shows, uh, SmackDown Raw um, and the, well, the they call it live, the house shows. Yeah. Um, and obviously I've seen, I've seen a couple of in, other indie shows. Um, I had the pleasure of going down to Marty Jones's uh, Square Circle in Oldham. Fantastic. Uh, tell us tell us about that. What was that experience like? Fantastic. Um, really, really genuine nice guy. Um, 
a lot of, I've got a lot of time for him. Um, he sat me down. Uh, I had the pleasure of uh, meeting a few other people, Dean Olmark, Tucker. Um, <clears throat> the, the talent we've got down there is phenomenal. Um, yeah. Really talented lads and girls. Um, really good, solid, solid bunch. Um, yeah, it, it's a fantastic experience. Um, funnily enough, a few of our guys do train with them down there. Um, so it, was, it, was, it was good to see them train with, with the likes of Marty and the others. Um, yeah, it was it was a good experience. Um, very wrestling focused. Yeah. Um, as more, most promotions are, um, the wrestling and um, the referees were fantastic. Um, it wasn't much, well, they weren't really focused on the production side of it, but because he's, he's very sort of mainly wrestling focused and the wrestling and the, the referees as well, I, I can't fault them, were fantastic throughout. Well, that, that must have been a world of experience for yourself because mm. you know, you, you'll know as much as anybody, um, you know, starting off with a, with a promotion that there are certain elements that, yes, it's all very well and good having two, you know, fantastic performers in, in the ring doing doing their craft. But say, for example, if the other element, like the referee isn't in tune with what's going on, that's as important as an element as what's going on in the ring as well. So that must have been a fantastic experience for yourself, you know, yeah. on, on the start-up of, of your promotion. Yeah, exactly. Um, two of the referees, uh, I mean, one of them, we've now got as, as one of our referees, uh, Neil Ayrton, um, fantastic referee, uh, really nice guy. He's now, uh, he's, I think he's now actually coming in November for our first job. Fantastic. Um, yeah, because he, he impressed me that much. Um, yeah, just, just, it was just, like I said, just fantastic experience, especially, and it's, it's, it's a different field because when you're at the MEN arena, like we was watching, I think it was Raw, watched Raw at the MEN compared to watching... Um, the square circle at, at Royce and Bank Club. It's a different experience because obviously you, it's more intimate. You're in a smaller mm-hmm. crowd, smaller venue, um, you know. And yeah, yeah, I know, granted, obviously, you might not feel it. He didn't feel like he was dropping down the quality as much, I think, because it's such an intimate atmosphere because it's such a small place to perform for the guys and girls. And as a fan point of view, you seem to get wrapped up in it a little bit more. There's just that much closer connection. I think. It's like a, it's like a different kind of experience, but it doesn't dump down on the quality because the quality is a different kind of experience as well. WWE exactly, is very, yeah. you know, when you go and see a uh, a show like Raw or SmackDown or something like that, especially if it's television taping, it's almost too perfect to an extent because everything has to be from the lighting to the setting to yeah. you know, everything like that. But like you say, when you when you're at a, a, an independent promotion much more intimate, much more closer to the action. And you almost feel to an extent as well that the performers care that little bit more as well because they've got a more intimate audience to cater to. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think it I think as well they've got that pressure because they've got they're chasing something. Yeah. Because whether it's NXT, whether it's AEW, whatever, they've they've got that goal in mind. And you know, they do it, they're not doing it because they're on however much because a lot of them were on pittance anyway at that level. So they're doing it purely for the, the, the actual love of wrestling. Um, and you can see that in the performers because, you know, like you said, the guys and the girls are fantastic. Fantastic. So, 
Oh, go on, Jamie, go on. I was just going to say, obviously, you've got quite a lot of British wrestlers on there. I know there's quite... I think I don't know if you have seen Preston Championship Wrestling, for example. They like to bring in a lot of American wrestlers into this. Is this something that you want to do down the line, or are you mainly focused on promoting that British wrestling and building the local stars up, really? Mm. Um, yeah, we are. We are. I'm quite heavily focused on the production side of things. Um, I believe we've got a very good, solid group um, of individuals who can help portion build. Um, I'm, I think there's a lot of established faces that go to, to other companies. Um, and I think, to be honest, I'd rather let people identify with individuals that, yeah. oh, that's something that works for CWE. This is how they can build their character, is using us as our platform to then launch themselves. And I think there's, there's, there's some people that, some talent that, um, they have worked for various different companies and they've done well, but I don't think they've really got the recognition that they deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with all, I think we can help propel them to that sort of extra bit of notoriety, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Let's start at the beginning then. So tell us the idea behind it. You mentioned your cousin. Uh, Philip, I believe I've got that right, haven't I? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Philip, yeah, right. you mentioned Philip. Uh, you mentioned, unfortunately, that he, he passed away as well. Um, I think I read um, that it was an idea between yourselves originally. Is that right? Tell us about the beginning and, and how everything all started and, and, and why you're doing this. Yeah, so um, <laughs> funnily enough, the idea came probably around. So the company was set up on the 15th of March 2021. Um, I came up with. I had a sort of idea in January, um, at the back of my mind, and in February, really, it was all down back down to myself. Um, Phil died in November 2018, uh, the 26th of November 2018, um, hence the date of the show. Now, he was a big fan of Hulk Hogan. Now, Phil, on the flip side, used to watch, he watched it as a child, and he continued yeah. to watch it as an adult. Um, so, he watched it back in the heyday when it was on TV, uh, when WCW was on after Cartoon Network, um, <laughs> uh, going back obviously to what 97, 98, 99. Um, he had all the rigs and stuff and the action figures. He was at initially more heavily into it than I was. Um, and then once we, once I sort of found that love for it, we then obviously we were cousins anyway, so we, we grew up with each other. Um, because I've got no brothers or sisters. Um, so I think that's what made us a little bit closer as well. Um, so, yeah, so he, he basically was a big fan of Hulk Hogan, um, and that's what gave me the idea for the, the colour scheme with the logo, going the old red and yellow. Of course, yeah. Um, and like I say, I was just playing about one day, and I thought, right, okay, oh, yeah, that's that's not a bad name. And if I start racking my brain for a few days and thinking of names and stuff like that. And again, it was, initially it was just a sort of, wasn't really too serious, just do a Facebook page or something like that. And then one thing led to another and then registered ourselves on company's house. And then I did this and I did that. And before you know it, it was, it was crazy how it just literally, it just took off. And it's just what it, from the 15th of March to its inception date to what it is now, 
I know we haven't even done a show yet, as some people keep pointing out, but the fact is, we're over 1,300 followers. We haven't even done a show yet, and it's like, it's just crazy. Like, you know, I've, I've, we've got, we're speaking to people in LA, Chicago, Ontario, um, all the way in Japan, you know, it's, it's Australia. It, it's crazy, the reach that it's had. Um, it's just, yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't I mean, make it up. No, and, and, and I mean, you, you mentioned the time difference, but, I mean, realistically, it's still, a, to me, that's quite a, a lot of gain in a short time for me. I, I don't think much time has passed at all. And I think the position that you're in now, you know, you've got a new a show coming up in, in a matter of weeks, only in a few weeks. Um, mm. You know, I personally think you're in a brilliant position. And, and what, you, what you've built so far, I, you know, I think it's quite a short amount of time in which you, you've done that personally. Um, but you you mentioned the the color scheme based on Hogan, of course, because of because of Phil himself. What about what about the name itself? Where where did that come from? So did, were there any names that were written down and thrown away, or you know how how yeah. did we get to? CW? <laughs> yeah, I can um, imagine there was. <laughs> yeah, I probably went through about oh god three or four sheets of A four. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, no, it's not even an exaggeration either. Um, Oh god, yeah, I came up with loads and loads of different names for it, and it was—I don't know what it was. Well, I, I, I wrote down Championship Wrestling Entertainment. I've read it to myself at least a dozen times, and I was like CWA, and I was like Championship Wrestling. And I, I kept saying it to myself, and I thought, and it clicks, and I thought that's it. It was like I don't know what it was. It was just I was writing down all these names, and I was looking through them all, and I read it out loud, and I looked, at it and I went, "That's it." I just looked at it and it just like like a light bulb went off. It yeah. just clicked and I thought, that's it. That's what I'm going to go with. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it was weird, really, how, how that all came about um, because I was just sat in in, in the office um, just writing down names. And it's um, I, the reason that I came up with that, I didn't want to, again, I don't want to sound like I'm having a go at other things because I didn't want to limit myself to being called after a town or an area or yeah. you know uh, and again this isn't a dig at all people you know companies call themselves whatever they want to call themselves and that's that's you know I'll, I'll give full respect to them I wanted to do something which didn't limit ourselves but we could run with and it could be sound aspirational a global product yeah. um, and the aspiration for me now is as ludicrous as, as ludicrous as it might sound, uh, you know, for for me in 40, 50, 60 years' time is to challenge WWE, not to be a feeder, but challenge. Um, and I don't really see many companies with that sort of aspiration. I think a lot of them are quite content with being feeders. Um, yeah. That's my personal opinion. Again, that's not me trying to poo-poo anything um, from their point, because I think what they're doing is fantastic stuff in this country and elsewhere. Um, but for me, I am very sort of I'm, I'm I was always quite a conservative person. Um, quite I used to play play quite safe, and I think when I lost Phil, um, it made me realise how short life was. Uh, yeah. and it sort of made me think, well, why not try and believe that you can be the best, be, be the biggest company in the world. Because the thing is, if you've not got that ambition, it's not an arrogance thing. If you've not got that ambition, then I don't think that you should be running 
because for me, you've got to have it's like as a talent or as a wrestler, you know, uh, if you're a wrestler, you should that have but have that ambition to, to main event WrestleMania. And I think that again, I've come across this a couple of times um with British talent. We seem content with getting to NXT UK as the Holy Grail. Now, that for me says to me a lack of ambition. Fantastic. Don't get me wrong, getting to NXT UK is a hell of an achievement because them guys down there work the backsides off and it's very difficult. But for me, um, in terms of uh, an actual goal, should be really main event WrestleMania, you know, goal for the big one, um, yeah. winning, world, winning world championships and the top. That That is ambition. That's going, you've got to aim high. Um, and I think... Oh, completely. I, and I think again, that's that's my philosophy. Um, now, and I don't like people to. Sometimes it gets misconstrued as comes across as arrogance, and it's not far from it. Um, it's just ambition and having passion about what it is you're actually doing. Um, because... No, of course, of course it is, and and I think you know, it, you what what you've just just said. Then I, I completely agree with. And you know, go, going back to what you said about the the name and not wanting, first of all, you know, to limit yourself to a town. I mean, I suppose it would have been very simple to have called it just off the cuff here, you know, FCW Fleetwood Championship Wrestling. But, you know, exactly. like like you said there, it then limits it. If you're wanting to build this as a product that goes national, international, you know, yeah. it's that, that particular name as a brand is not going to, um, you know, flick a switch in somebody's head who, you know, lives in America, for example, exactly. or, or, or Japan. Exactly, yeah. They're not going to know. This is yeah. now a way you can create a brand under a name, which is a catchy name. You know, you can imagine. I can. I can think about it now. You know, people can be chanting, you know, CWE, CWE, CWE. <laughs> you know, and yeah. you know that gets me excited as a fan, right? You know, yeah. so I can only imagine what it what it is for for yourself. But you know, I I, I don't think it's arrogant at all in, in any way. There's no point setting up a business of, of any kind and thinking, oh, I want my, to limit myself to to this here, the first step. You should always have that ambition, otherwise. What's the point of starting it? Exactly. exactly. British wrestling is so high at the minute as well. Like what Drew McIntyre headline WrestleMania was he the first British person in a very long time, if not the first time, to actually headline WrestleMania, and yeah. he is from the United Kingdom as well. Um, so when aim for that first English person to headline WrestleMania, that, that's a goal for somebody to hopefully achieve. I, I'm a scriptwriter myself. I've I've got a degree in scriptwriting. I want to win an Oscar. I mean, that's yeah. the dream, isn't it? So, well, you've got and, to... And, and this is it, like, you know, people can laugh at you and say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's never going to happen. Well, the thing is, you know, they laughed at Nikola Tesla, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, who, who goes, who, who goes um, quite unnoticed for a lot of stuff that he did, um, you know, and, and obviously Thomas Edison took the credit for a lot of it. You know, Nikola Tesla was basically ridiculed. He just turns out to be one of the most uh, intelligent people that ever lived. So the thing is, people ridicule what they can't understand. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people get laughed at all the time and say, I'm going to be that. And they go, yeah, all right, whatever. You, you know, go and be a plumber or a builder or whatever, you know, because you're never going to make it as a wrestler. The amount of times wrestlers, you watch on WWE Network or whatever, and you see interviews and they're like, oh, you know, mum and dad um, said I should have been this instead. Uh, I'm trying to think who it was now. I can't remember. It might have been Big E or somebody else. Um, they said they should have gone down a particular path, um, you know, because, it's again, played it safe because yeah. them aspirations in small towns don't work, don't not typically work. 
And this is where you've got to have this mentality of, I am going to headline WrestleMania. We are going to take over the world. We are going to dominate. We are going to be the biggest thing since sliced bread. And you've got to have that. You've got to have that winning mentality. You do, and it, and it's absolutely the right mentality to have. It really is. So we've seen in the, as I said, in the in the short term, starting from the beginning of the year up until now, you, the first show is about to happen in the next few weeks. So mm. you know we have seen the business grow quite a lot within that short time. We've seen also, I have noticed as well through your socials and what you've posted out there and getting some sponsorship on board, but also um, just as important and probably more important, the support of the different charities as well, but I've seen on there as well. Tell us a little bit about that, getting charities involved and why that's important to you. Yeah, of course. Um, one thing, obviously, I wanted to do was to use our platform to help raise awareness of different charities, um, help support them as much as we can. Um, obviously, we have paid charities, we have uh, paid sponsors, um, like A1 Movers, um, etc. And then we have we have obviously the charities uh, where it's all, well, obviously we, we promote them as much as we can. Um, we'll try and do some fundraising, we'll try and do some joint uh, merchandise together. Um, it's just, for me, whether it's an animal charity or a children's charity, I just think that whilst we've got this global platform, uh, why not use what we've got to help the others and that's not you know um kind of come across as a martyr or anything like that it's just that we've got this platform now let's use it for as much good as we can um because you know if it can help get this company you know this, this organization an extra five thousand pounds you know in, in, in a fundraising event fantastic you know if we can try and get as much awareness or as much um notoriety for all these different organisations, you know, we're winning. And that's that's, that's been the mindset for all the, all the charities, really. Sounds like it's something really important to you. Mm. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, so obviously I'm a big softy when it comes to animals anyway. Animal, animals <laughs> oh, we <and> <laughs> um, Yeah, so that, obviously the animals and the kids, you'll find that that's the majority of the charities. Yeah. Um, you know... Um, like I say, that's it's somewhat close to my art anyway. Um, I don't know, my wife, Ellie's the same, to be honest. Um, so we just feel that, you know, they're the two, two main causes that we really wanted to push. And use um, our voice, which has got bigger and bigger, to try and help them that don't really have a voice. Brilliant. What, what about these sponsorships and things? How, how do you find setting up a new organisation, new business, in regards to getting sponsors on board is, is that challenging or did you find that quite easy uh it is very challenging actually you'll yeah. be surprised how many don't want to come on because um of its negative experiences in the past or uh they just don't want to put their hand in the pocket or they don't want to gamble I, I, I don't know um you know we don't exactly charge the earth um <laughs> but I, I know some that, that charge a lot more than we do um so it, like I say, we've, we've only got a couple, um, but the couple we do have, we, we, we tend to look after um, because we do we do value and appreciate them. Um, because whilst whilst we're starting off, I, I've sort of learned to sort of target more small businesses really because you're big corporations. You've got to go through about twenty five different managers <laughs> just to get to the one person you need to talk to. Yeah, yeah. You might as well you might, you might as well talk to a lamppost half the time because it's just 
your email's never going to get through, and you just you're better off just focusing on 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 smaller smaller sponsors. That, that's that's the advice I give to anyone who's who's starting out now looking to do a, a sponsorship. Is just focus on small businesses, and I think it helps the small businesses out, especially locally as well. Um, especially if you're in the same area, it's you know you're helping each other. Of course you are. Right then, so tell us about the promotion itself then. So you you've got the idea. Yeah. What 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 is the logistics into setting up a brand new wrestling promotion? You know, who do you contact? What are the processes? You know, where do you go for a ring? How how do you get talent involved? This is a <laughs> this is a brand new experience for you. You know, what what do you do in these circumstances? Um. Well, to be honest, I didn't have a clue. Um. <laughs> I really didn't have a clue. I was just like everyone else, just a typical Joe Bloggs. Um. I was initially going to go through. Uh, there are companies that do hire, um, where you can hire a ring and equipment for the night. Now, the quotes for that were looking about twelve, thirteen hundred pounds per night. Um, then you've got your talent fees on top. So, what I decided to do was to buy um, buy our own equipment, buy our own van, buy our own rings. Um, and in terms of talent as well, initially. Um, Again, I was a bit sort of out of my depth, uh, so I, I did a lot of studying, a lot of learning, um, asked for advice. Um, the first roster we, we had is completely different from the one we've got now. Mm. Um, a lot of mistakes were made, uh, probably on my part, um, and I've learned a lot in a very short space of time. I've learned a, a hell of a lot. Um so everything that's happened has actually worked out quite well. Um, for better or worse, it's put us in a position that we're in now. So I know um, more about who to approach and who not to approach. And again, it's just studying and learning and getting to know that, right, okay, I'm going to speak to this individual now. And, you know, and it's hard to explain because it's, when I when I first started approaching talent, um, well, it, I, I approached one talent, and then probably say about five or six others would message me along, and I go right, okay, let's have a look at you, and they'd all be from the same area normally. Mm. Uh, so yeah, now the talent that we've got now um, are all from from across the UK, um, you know, because we wasn't. Oh, well, it wasn't well received initially um, because there are quite a few uh, promotions in, in, in the Northwest. Um, my, my relationships are a lot better with people in, say, Scotland and Portsmouth and down south and uh, Ireland, um, purely because, but, you know, promotion wise, they don't have an issue with us because we're not clashing, you know. Yeah. Uh, we're not standing on each other's toes. We've got the, the distance, we will we'll help each other out and stuff like that. Whether it's cross branding or whatever. Um, Would you so say yeah. with the talent side of things, um, and uh, I'll be careful how I word this, not not to cause offence. Um, would you say because you were a, did you find any challenges with talent not particularly interested or unsure because you are a new a new company, you know, yet yet to do the first show, or did you find that the people that were interested were genuinely interested? And um, mixture of both. Um, we 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 had issues 
um, with an individual who obviously I can't name, mm-hmm. um, and that individual left, um, and subsequently a few individuals followed this individual. Um, now, obviously, since then we had a you know there was a bit of backlash initially, um, and it all sort of simmered down. Um, but again, that was me standing up for myself and not being spoken to in the way that I did because the thing is you have not to not to come across like a, a bully or anything, but you have to show them who's in charge and you can't let the inmates run the asylum. Um, Completely. The moment you allow the inmates to run the asylum, you have carnage. And what you end up with is what WCW had when the um the NWO have full creative control, <laughs> yeah. um, and it's just it's just company suicide. It really is. Um, so you've got to have a very thick set of skin um, and come across as a bit of an arse, really. In, you know, in not too many words, you've got to, you've got to have that in you. Um, you've got to have that ruthless streak in you, um, which I'm starting to see now more than I ever did. Um, which I don't, I don't actually dislike. I quite like it, um, because I'm firm, but I'm quite fair, really. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll always treat people how I find them and how they how they are with me. You know, um, I don't pander to people. I don't sort of say, oh well, you know. I don't treat people differently. It's a case of. Listen, this is how it is for everyone. It doesn't matter if you're top of the card or bottom of the card. Everyone is singing from the same hymn sheet. Everyone does the same sort of forms. Um, and going on to our forms, you know, we have a wellness policy, which is only WE, but do other than us. Was that um, important for you as well, the wellness policy? Because like you say, you don't tend to, well, you, you don't get that anywhere else, do you, as you rightly said, other than WWE. No. Is that important for you? Yeah, of course. Um Obviously, we've got a DBS policy as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, the wellness policy, for me, obviously, because I think I, I'm looking now at British wrestling as a general. Well, the Indies, as they call it, it just seems like a bit of a free for all. Uh, there's no sort of law and order, there's no governing body, there's no sort of, you know, rules and regs as such. And I think that, you know, the fact that there isn't anything in, in, in place. Jeff Hardy and Sting, this is a match now that springs to my mind every single time people have watched it on TNA. He goes into the ring, hires a kite. I mean, personally, now, irrespective of, you know, full respect to Jeff Hardy, he's a a fantastic athlete, but if Jeff Hardy was working for CWE, even at Fleetwood Cons Club, how the hell has he made it past me and got into that ring in the state that he's in? Completely. But he, he'd be fired on the spot, and the person that's allowed him to, to get in the ring in that state would be fired on the spot. And this is where the drug testing comes in, because, um, again, we've lost people through it, because some people don't agree with it, and I'll stand by it. Um, even if we lost three quarters, of a, uh, three quarters of a roster for it, I'll still buy it, because the thing is, I'm, I'm not putting people's lives in danger because somebody wants to become in high as a kite. Um, because it, it helps chill them out um, before a match, and they're going stoned or whatever or high, and then someone someone goes through a suicide dive. You don't catch them properly, and they just brought them the neck, and they're led on the floor, 
and this is why I will stand by the pol every single policy that we've implemented. We've implemented for a reason, and um, we, we explain every single thing. This is why we're doing what we're doing. Um, now, you know, majority of, I've had individual talent, and again, I won't name, say to me, well, I've, I've worked for some of the biggest companies in the UK, and I've never had to sign anything. And I was like, you've never had to sign anything, so you've got no waiver, no wellness policy, no DBS. And this is a problem, you see, because it's just it's just an absolute free-for-all. It's a free-for-all yeah. where the inmates are running the asylum. And, you know, you can't have that. You, you, you need a leader, and you've got to have that. Um, and I think this is where we, as we've said on the van, um, we've got a company van now, our slogan's changing again. And that's exactly what we're doing. Um, we're trying to clean up the industry, really, from, uh, from within. And I think that's what's, I think it's crucial, um, really. And I think that's where my stance is on a wellness policy, the DBS policy. We have a whistleblowing, code um, of conduct. Um, because the DBS policy basically ties in with, with everything else, where the wrestlers basically, they pay for the DBS. Once they've got it, then we've got it on file. Um, obviously, in Scotland, I'm going to have you, it's a, it's not called yeah. DBS, it's called something else, it's an equivalent. But um, for us, it just shows that obviously we're, we're meeting our safeguarding targets, obviously after speaking out movement, um, obviously in the wellness policy, obviously just it was just protecting our talent, uh, we're just protecting everyone involved. And I think well, a, lo a lot of companies in, in the UK have either all or a, a number of these different types of policies themselves, so why should professional wrestling be any different? Exactly. Um, exactly, you know, it's the industries I've worked in, um, where I've looked after, um, even, well, even my job now, we get we do drug and alcohol tests, and I, and I work on a dock. Um, you know, I've, I've worked in jobs before where it's rigorous uh, testing and stuff like that. Um, and the thing is, when you've got someone's life in your hand, when, when you're having a wrestling match, um, you know, boxing and MMA, you do you do uh, drug tests, drug and alcohol tests, because it's a sport. Um, it's just, I think with wrestling, there's, there's a, a traditional British attitude, and I don't mean the talent and the fans, I mean. I want about from the establishment. When I say the establishment, I mean, if you go on Sky Sports News or whatever, and you watch, they don't really class, they seem to joke about wrestling, don't they? They don't really, yeah. it's not treated with the same seriousness. As MMA no, agree, boxing, yeah. um, you know, and it's like you know, you can seem quite jovial. Uh, if like, say, we've got Triple H or Steph or whatever is on there and they're being interviewed, you're like, oh, yeah, it's not real though, is it? And it's just like, it's all right, you, you know, things like that. And it's just, it's just not taken, I don't think, as serious as what it should be. Um, because it's like, oh, well, it's only wrestling, what's the worst can happen? Well, people died in the ring, you know, so, um. <laughs> There's a lot, a lot can go wrong with professional wrestling. It isn't ballet. Um, no, of course. I, th I think that's what I find when, you know, even even now, you know, some friends, and I'm sure Jamie will agree with this, and, and probably yourself as well, Josh, to an extent, sometimes when you tell people that you're a wrestling fan, especially when you're 30 and over, they sometimes mm. question it. And, uh, you know, you explain things, you know, my go-to go argument is probably quite tired these days as well. You watch Coronation Street, you watch Game of Thrones and whatnot, you know. Exactly. It's, it's, that, that's entertaining for you, this is entertaining for me. And then you get the whole, 
oh yeah, well it's not real, it's like they're on a bouncy castle. And then when you try and explain the physicality side of things behind it, and you try and explain the fact that there's, you know, there's a, a choreographed element to it, but you know, what actually is happening is, you know, is going to hurt you, especially if it goes wrong. Um, you know, I, I think for, for me, it's trying to explain to people when they think the rings are a bouncy castle. You, you know, you try and tell them that that's a steel frame with a, you know, a couple of layers exactly. of wood before you've got a mat and you're getting slammed on that every night. And, you know, uh, if you're using a, a weapon, you know, a chair to the wrong side of your head, you know, regardless of what material it's going to be made out of, if that hits you in the wrong place, that's going to hurt. Exactly. And I think there's a, there's a lot of naivety to it because, you know, when you actually look at what goes into a ring, like you say, it's four, four steel posts because uh, we've just had our training delivered. You know, it's plywood about that thin. Yeah. Um, you know, or there's a slight bit of, of padding about yay, yay big. Um, you know, it doesn't tickle. Um, have you taken bump... a few bumps so far? Yeah. Yeah, I have. Yeah. And funnily, funnily enough, I did it in a boxing ring, which was actually <laughs> harder. Um, I, had a, I had a sore backside for about a week <laughs> because I, cause I, I, I didn't I did bump right. Um so yeah, like I say, especially if you bump wrong, because you know your first bump, you know, you know, you're probably going to get it wrong anyway. So you will feel it. Um, and I think you know these people that say it's fake and if you don't feel anything, I, I'd, I'd urge them to go and try it because yeah. I can guarantee they'll be pretty sore afterwards. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Whether it's rope burn or taking bumps, it's uh, like I say, it doesn't tickle. I think the first time I took a bump, I think I hit the back of my head, didn't get a concussion, and then I remember running the ropes and had a bloody bruise right across that because I'm I'm not tall as it is. Um, yeah. So yeah, the the bruise I got yeah. But I agree with you. Tell tell someone to go and jump in the ring. We'll soon change the tune. Exactly. Um, you uh, you mentioned. Oh, go on, Jamie. Sorry. I was just going to say, just jumping on what you guys said before. There's a great video wrestling isn't wrestling just basically explains like i don't know if you've ever watched it before but um it's just a great moment in there where he's like you said before uh, about wrestling it's it's got more in common with game of thrones than it actually does with with boxing or ufc because the best way i describe wrestling is it's a tv show about putting on a tv show it's there for your entertainment value you are watching just like game of thrones that's all choreographed it's staged it's blocked there's a script I mean, they're not actually stabbing people, but you would, you still enjoy watching the Battle of the Bastards. But yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. no, exactly. I, yeah, exactly. I always point people to the Louis through documentary when he visits the power plant WCW. Um, whenever people say, "Oh, yeah, no wrestling," it's it's whatever. Watch the Louis through documentary. You'll soon change your tune. <laughs> <laughs> um, you um. So you, you just mentioned, obviously, about, you know, get, getting a ring and, you know, how you, how you initially started up the business, contacting talent. You've got your wife, Ellie, involved, I believe. What's her role in the business? Yeah, so she helps me out with the admin side, managing the website, um, helping um, sort of organise stuff, um, you know, sort of ticket sales out. Um, so, it's, yeah, she, she's, she does help me out massively, to be honest. Um it's just been a massive, massive help to have her, have her by my side. Um, she also runs the women's division as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so if any of the girls have got any issues, they can go to Ellie. Um, you know, if, if, if they feel more comfortable talking to Ellie than to do me, then obviously we've got her to, to speak to. Um, so I think it's good we've got that, really. How important is it for you and Ellie to showcase women's wrestling in your new promotion? I think it's crucial because... 
and I'm not, again, I'm not just saying this because I don't pander to people. Women's wrestling now is finally being taken seriously, and it's not just Barbie dolls that look a certain image. You know, I, I look at people like Britt Baker and Ruby Soho on AEW, for example, two women who can wrestle. Um, you know, a lot of women on the on the NXT as well. Um, I think we've finally got to a level now where women's wrestling is actually being appreciated for what it is, you know, and they can sort of... I still think... I still think the the level needs to improve, um, you know, but I think that they've finally been given. I mean, I've I've watched some women, um, some fantastic talent. There really is, um, and I think it just needs that respect. That, like I say, we've gone past that sort of ninety stage of looking at it's all about looks and aesthetics. It's about talent, and and I think that the women now. Um, there's certainly a lot of women now who could easily challenge, easily challenge uh, the top top guys in the industry. Um, Britt Baker, Charlotte Flair, Ruby Soho. Um, I like Shotzi Blackheart. Um, I think she's got something. Um, Kaylee Ray. You know, I, the list can go on and on and on. Um, you know, that's just to mention a few. Um, some really good quality talent. Um, I. I when I watched Kayleigh Ray on NXT UK, I said to my mate John about a month before she got called up to NXT proper, I said she'll get called up. I said, I bet you. I said, because she's good in the ring, she's good on the mic. Uh, and I said, she's she's got something. Lo and behold, she got called up. Um, you know, you can start to, you can see it sometimes. You can just see a little glint in people's eyes. Um yeah, so it's like I say, I think so for us to, to showcase women's wrestling, it's it's crucial uh, because I think that I think like you say, it finally deserves that recognition and that respect that it's been lacking. Um, in twenty twenty one, we are getting that way because you know a lot of promotions now. Uh, there's some promotions that do just women's wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's. And that's that's fine by then. Um, personally, I like a mixed bag um, because, again, I treat everyone the same. I don't like to sort of, I don't pander to people. I don't treat people differently. It's a case of listen. This, if it's for example, it's just, if it's an extreme rules uh, show, the women will be doing exactly the same as the men. If it's a steel cage show, the women will be doing exactly the same as the men. You know, the women will be in, a, in, a, in an extreme rules. The women will be in a steel cage. There's no mm-hmm. difference in my mind. Um, so again, I, I think it's just recognizing how good they actually are, and I think people that don't view women's wrestling very highly will be pleasantly surprised when they see our, our, our ladies get in the ring. Because I can tell you what, we, we've got some top, top, top female talent. I can show you. That sounds exciting. That really does. I was just going to go on to the rosters as a whole. So, obviously, you've got the men's roster and you've got the women's roster. Like you say, Ellie's yeah. going to oversee that side of things. Yeah. <clears throat> obviously, without the danger of you picking people out <laughs> over one over another, mm-hmm. who are you who are you excited to see is in the first few shows? Or who do you think people need to keep an eye on specifically who you've booked so far? Um, Tucker. Um, yeah. Aisha Raymond. Um, you know, 
to be honest, they all bring something different. They're all different. They're all unique. They're all special. Um, you know, we've got everyone's different. Everyone's unique. Everyone's, you know, we've got small luchadors. We've got big powerhouses. We've again, everyone just brings something different. But um, you know, we've got uh, Ashley Vega versus um, Kiara opening yeah. the show. Um, oh, that's your opener, is it? That's our opener. So the, the press, the pressure's on them two girls to sort of really set the bar, um, and they can do. They've got it in them. Um, you know, if I didn't have the confidence, I wouldn't have put them as it as the opener because as the opening show, it's your precedence is on that now to really raise raise the roof and raise the bar. And first ever show, it, first ever match. You want it to go. You want it to be a showstopper, don't you? <laughs> yeah, and you know, them two girls have got it in them. You know, and. If I, if I didn't have the confidence, they, they won't be in there. It's as simple as that, but they are. And they're in there for that reason. Um, we've got a nine-person battle royal following that, which is um, intergender. We're not going to be doing a lot of intergender stuff, um, yeah. but that'll be very interesting for people to watch. Um, we'll have to see the fallout from that. Um, then we've got a tag match. We've got a Pillage versus Money Mountain. Um You've probably seen all Sashi's videos. He likes to uh, yes. likes to talk a lot. Yeah, I've seen them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's entertaining. Um, and then we've got Texas Joe Junior versus Adam Rose, BA uh, Rose rather, um, with the UK title. BA um, Rose, fantastic athlete, certainly one to watch. Um, and obviously the main event, which will be Tucker versus Eccentricor, two um, two very experienced guys, mm. um, been around been around a while. Um, Tucker obviously was in NXT UK for a bit. Um, where he learned a little, you know, what works under Johnny Saint. Um, fantastic Johnny Saint, but, yeah, very, very nice guy. Yeah, um, yeah, so obviously that's that's the card. Um, like I say, it's, it's a really good, exciting card. Um, obviously, we've got that's the first show, 26th of November. Um, following that, four weeks will be the last resort. Yeah, I mean, four weeks tomorrow. Four weeks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I was just going to say, I'm not sure if you could. Go on. Oh, go on, sorry. No, I was going to say the, first, the second show's um, called Last Resort. Uh, that is an Extreme Rules um, setting. That's on the 12th of February. Um, now, some will be pushing it more than others. Like I say, I'm not going to say what, because, you know, we've got a few um, weapons. Uh, and surprise involved with people, but uh, and then we've just we've literally just announced this week our third show, which was set for April twenty fourth, which will be our annual revelation chapter one. Mm -hmm. uh, am I right in saying? Did I read that's not in Fleetwood? Are you branching out slightly for that one, or am I getting that wrong? Yeah, the third show's in Kirkham. Kirk, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're not going too far, uh, but no, yeah, the third show, third show's in Kirkham. Um, the intention is to branch out uh, as much as we can. Um, you know, whilst maintaining our roots in Fleetwood, we, we also want to sort of establish ourselves nationally um, as much as we can. Um, so we're still sticking in Lancashire, but I think, you know, as time progresses, we will be sort of branching further afield um, slowly. Um yeah, so obviously it's all exciting stuff. 
it's all go. And I think I read this week as well. I hope this isn't a spoiler for Last Resort, but I'll, I hope it isn't because you were the one that posted it on the socials. But I think I read that you, um, you've ordered a steel cage. Yeah, no, that's that's not a, that's not a spoiler for that's anything. Good. <laughs> um, no, yeah, the steel cage won't be arriving until probably April anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no. Um, What's the logistics gonna... around that then? Around a steel cage, like who who do you go to for for that? Is that the same type of companies that you would go for to hire mm. your ring and your equipment? Because you know, I, I mean, you know, I think we've all seen quite a lot of British indies, and you don't tend to get many promotions that have in, in certainly in britain with a steel cage so that that's quite i don't want to use the word coop because it's not a coop but the, you know that's a massive positive for yourselves so for yourself to get a steel cage on the show yeah um no we just bought it from wrestling news UK. <laughs> brilliant <laughs> um yeah um, so it's the same place but 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 they got so we got a 12 foot training ring um which is now here we'll be using that at cb fitness we was going to have an 18-foot show ring. That's just been upgraded to a 20-foot. Uh, so, our, yeah, our show ring's now going to be at 20-foot. And this will be a 20-foot steel cage. Um, it's a breakdown one. Uh, it's yeah. pretty relatively easy to set up. We was going to get a hell in a cell. But the problem with that is the ceiling, the logistics of actually putting the ceiling <laughs> on top. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because you can, you can get them. Um, but... If, it, it, it logistically would have been a nightmare. It was it was hard enough trying to get this breakdown one because obviously we, we've only got a Peugeot boxer as a company van, mm. uh, so it's big. But we had to get a breakdown one to, to, to fit it in the van um, because the ring, the show ring, and the actual uh, cage will have to go in two separate runs. Yeah, because we, we won't get it all in the van. You mentioned the. Um... Uh, training ring, the academy ring that you've got as well. Tell us a bit more about the CW Academy then. What's, you know, in an ideal world, what would you like to see that eventually get to? What's the starting idea behind the academy? How do you want it logistically to work? Yeah, so we're going to be based at CB Fitness. That's Craig Brumad, um, who's kindly helped um, let, letting us use his, uh, his gym. Um, so yeah, we've we've in, in that gym, uh, we've got uh, we've got weight throwing machines, got this, that, and the other. So it's really our, our little camp um, for us, where we've got a, a pro- predominantly Sundays, uh, Sundays and possibly Saturday afternoons. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of sessions. Uh, we've got Lee Cox as our head trainer, um, very 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 well known on the Indies, connections to Al Snow and LVW. Um, Really, really nice guy. Um, obviously, John Sterry, uh, aka Texas Joe Jr., will be assisting him. Yeah. Um, and obviously, they'll be reporting to me um, with any sort of. Um, well, I think someone's at the door there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so Lee's going to be our head trainer. Um, obviously, he's going to help me run things. Um, he's got a lot of experience in it in the wrestling world, um, which I think will be invaluable to us. Um, really, especially going forward, it's just what we need. You know, we need that sort of old head. Um, you know, someone who, someone who I can rely on, uh, and someone who I can, I can know and I can trust and I can value their opinion. Um, and I've, I've got sort of eyes and ears everywhere. Then, what's your thoughts on the actual like 
academy school itself? Who are you opening that up to age-wise and what, what how's that going to work? Um, so age-wise, we're looking at all ages. I mean, we're, we're going to try and do categories of intermediate, you know, beginners, mm-hmm. um, try and get groups of individuals in, into set groups. Um, so we're going to have some people who are completely green who have never took a bump before. Um, you know, there's a, a couple of guys and girls who are, who are interested. Um, like, and we're going to have some that have, you know, that are just sort of brushing up on skills that are ready to go in the ring, um, that have been around for a few years. So we're open really to all ages and all all uh, all demographics and all um, all abilities. Um, and I think I think once once we get it up and running, I think we get the right programs um, and the right flows. I think I think we can do quite well, to be honest. What about branching out as far as from the wrestling aspect? Are you looking potentially at um, training for other type of on-screen talent, uh, referees, managers, on-air talent, that that type of thing? Yeah, I mean, we're always looking for backstage interviewers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I'll always sort of jump in wherever wherever I'm needed. Um, but we are we are looking at down the line. Uh, Teaching the talent how to work the cameras. Um, obviously, that's that's going to be more down the line. Um, working the cameras, working your hard cam, um, you know, um, things like that. Um, obviously, working on mic skills. Um, you know, because we've got we've got the microphones with the microphone flags on, um, so they can try and cut promos as well. So we're going to be promo classes. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, so we're going to, again, it's about building them up because, you know, for, for the young ones who were aspirational to make it to WWE or AEW, well, here you've got a 20-foot ring. You know, you've got you've got Mike skill class. You've got your physical stuff. This is the platform that, that, you, that you want, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can offer you, we can give you a taste of what it's going to be like or what you can expect to work in a 20-foot or to do this or to do that. And Tucker's ex- expertise coming back from WWE, um, obviously he's got a lot of knowledge and experience. Um, but yeah, like I say, it's, for, for now that's going to stay in Fleetwood. Um, there is aspirations of moving that, possibly, well, not instead of, but a second location in Ireland. Um, again, not sure when, but there's the stuff. Hopefully, in the pipeline within the next couple of years for that. Fantastic! It's all about that ambition you were talking about. That's the main mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. You, you were talking. Um, he's saying that you're kind of going to be wherever you're needed. My question was: Are you going to kind of be more like a, an on-screen personality, or are you just going to be more behind the scenes? You're going to be like a Mr. McMahon, like son of a bitch, <laughs> basically telling. <laughs> Everyone that, <laughs> or what? What you, if you can say, or is it going to be a surprise in the first show? You're just going to come out and tell everyone the fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Do you know what? Um. I won't really be stealing the limelight too much. Um. It's quite up in the air, really. Um. I, I'll do whatever I'm needed to do. Um. So, for example, if. The ring announcer's not well, then I'll step up and do that. You know, if anybody, you know, if, if I don't know, we've got no referee, I'll step up and I'll do that. I'll, I, I wouldn't do something that I wouldn't do myself. Um, 
you know, I'm quite happy to sort of, I'll look in and do anything. Um, in terms of on-screen persona, when you have to wait and find out, um, <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have to see how, how it all pans out. Excited. So go on then, give us the final rundown, your first show, 26th of November. What can people expect? Well, we've got five fantastic matches. Uh, first opening match, we've got Ashley Vega versus Kiara for CW Women's UK uh, Women's Championship. Now, just to um, make people aware, we've got two Women's Championships. We've got a pink one, which is the Women's Championship, and then we've got a white one, which is the Women's World Championship. Um, so the, the white one's a big one. Um, mm. So, again, you'll see the fallout from that uh, and all the stories that transpire. Um, we've got the nine-person uh, Battle Royal, British Battle Royal. So with that one as well, um, it's not a traditional Battle Royal where it's over the top rope. You can actually win by a pinfall or submission. Oh, different. That's what yeah, we like. Well, this is why we're doing it differently, you see, because you've got nine people rather than eight. Um, you know, again, we are changing the game. We're doing stuff differently. Um, the winner of that receives the Zalia Kane trophy uh, in, in honour of the young girl that died of cancer. Yes. Um, and they also receive a championship of their choosing, uh, an opportunity um, to contend for that. Um, then we've got the tag team. We've got uh, Money Mountain and um, Village. Two fantastic uh, young rising tag teams. Uh, really excited to see that one. I think it'll I think they'll, they'll do pretty well. Um, obviously, Texas Joe Union, uh, BA Rolls. Obviously, I think Texas Joe's uh, one of the most hungry, hungry competitors uh, I've I've come across. Uh, I think he wants it. Um, we'll have to see how how hungry he's got a lot he is. to live up to with his father, hasn't he? Yes, he has. Texas Joe's of Just... Yeah, um, he's got big shoes to fill. Um, so we'll have to see how he can go up against the might of the heroes. Um <laughs> And then obviously our, our big one, our main events, Tucker and Eccentrico, who. You know, two fantastic athletes. Um, you know, I've I've studied them all, and um, fantastic. Tucker looks apart, is apart. Eccentrico, in ring ability, just ridiculous. It's just, it's just a good solid card. Good solid card. Good solid roster. Um, I can't fault them. I really can't. And like I say to the fans, I think the fans are going to love it. Um, you know, the fans are going to love it every single moment. Um, it's got a Brilliant, fantastic night of entertainment for everyone. Brilliant, and that's November twenty-six. Time and uh, time and uh, location. Yeah, Fleetwood Cons Club. Uh, doors open, I believe, around six half six. The show kicks off at seven. Um, there'll be security on the door. Uh, you can either pay on the night, um, or if you already got a ticket, uh, the security will just take ticket stub off you, um, and they'll, you'll be uh, allocated your seat. Um, yeah, like I say, I'll have staff milling about. Um, so if anyone's not sure, you can just ask. I'll be there as well. Um, I'll be sat with a DJ, making sure that everything's all running smoothly. Fantastic. I know me and Jamie specifically, we're really looking forward to it. We're definitely going to come down. We're definitely going to check it out. Um, it, you know, it, it, it's really exciting for us as, you know, lo local to yourselves to have a new local and hopefully soon more than local, national and international um, promotion. But yeah, no, we're, we're really looking forward to it. Touch wood, but we will be there. And you've um, you've absolutely got all of our support um, on this and we're, we're really looking forward to it.
Brilliant. Yeah. No, thanks very I much. I just I just want to um close off with a little bit of quick fire if that's okay, just about yeah. wrestling. So favorite wrestler of Ooh, all time. What? Of all time. Oof, oof, oof. Do you know what? So, I mean, what you, I mean I'm gonna do one. favorite wrestler <laughs> on the roster now after, so it's gonna be <laughs> oh. back to back. So <laughs> well, my, my favorite roster of my my roster or or all time oh, like do we do like so favorite favorite wrestler of all time. In the whole of wrestling, so AW, WCW, and in favorite on the WWE, AW roster. Now, if it's different, like Randy Orton's been around 20 years, for example. So, yeah, 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 of course. Time and now, but yeah. I mean, all time, it's, diff- it's difficult. I mean, you've got to say, I think, probably could argue Ric Flair, you know, uh, for how long he did it, um, you know. All, all those those championship runs. Um, I mean, the cornerstone. You know, you talk about Hulk Hogan. Um, yeah, I mean, now, oh god, there's so many. Um, there's, there's so many now. I think because it's changed so much now. You know, you don't have to look a specific image. Yeah, yeah you, you're not just one of these big guys, brother. You know what I mean? You don't, have to, you don't have to have the 24 inch pythons, um, you know, and the, the, the tanned blonde look. You don't need that anymore. It's a case of you could look like Darby Allen, um, you know, a fantastic wrestler. You know what? Best heel, I've got to say right now, best heel, MJF. We knew that would come in. We'd like, we're, that's a popular choice. With <laughs> yeah. MJF, he just pushes that boundary, and you need that. Um, yeah. Because. There's nobody he's not willing to offend, and that as a top top heel is what what you need to be able to do. You may you need to make people feel uncomfortable to the point where oh my god he's just said that. Um, you know you, you've got to have that. Um, so for me top heel probably MJF. Um, do, do you follow him on social media? I mean, I do as a, a thing a few months ago where he did like a, a fan sign in, and he's just there with a kid, just with his middle finger right to the kid. <laughs> <laughs> he's the best thing in wrestling. My next yeah. question was going to be, who do you think is the next big thing? For me, that's MJF. Like, there's no doubt for me. Well, funnily enough, because uh, I have him on Facebook, and I'm not just being biased when I say this. <laughs> Bronson Reichsteiner. Yes. Yes. Well, Bronson yeah. Reichsteiner at NXT UK. And the reason I say this, again, even though I'm very new to the industry, there's a, he's got a glint in his eye. Mm. And I'm not just saying it because I've got him on Facebook. He, he's got something. And when I say he's got something, there's not many people who have it. And I think he's got it. And I think that eventually he'll replace Roman as the face of WWE. Now, I know that's a big thing to say. He, he reminds me a bit of Goldberg, but better. Now, because Goldberg, technically-wise, was never the top. Um, you know, he was the sort of w, WCW's version of Stone Cold, which is what they tried to replicate. But I think with Bronson Reichsteiner, I think... I just got big... He's obviously his uncle Scott um, and his dad's Rick. And so he's got big shoes to fill, but... I think with Bronson, I think I don't know what it is. He's, I think he's got something, and obviously they see it because of pushing him against Tommaso Ciampa. Um, but for me, I I do think obviously MJF is a is a really big heel. I think we'll possibly eventually go to WWE. The way he's talking, I think I think I wouldn't be surprised because I know that Vince was eyeing up him and Britt Baker. Um, 
I don't think Britt will go now that Adam Cole's over there. Uh, but I do think I do think that MJF would leave. Uh, again, if you follow him on social media, he has a lot of interaction with um, with Baron Corbin at the minute. They seem to just keep <laughs> tweeting each other all the time. It's just like, why? Yeah. I mean, I'm into it, but... <laughs> yeah, he, um, out, out of all the AEW locker room, um, he's one of a few people that would quite happily jump ship, uh, I think, yeah. to WWE. Uh, probably some would, but they wouldn't really they keep it on a down low, really. Just so they didn't want to jeopardize a position. Um, but I know that he's quite highly thought of in WWE from what I believe. Um yeah. but yeah, personally I do think that Bronson Reichstein is probably gonna be the next big thing. I've, you've heard it here from me now. <laughs> well, well, when that happens and he headlines WrestleMania in a few years, we'll come back and clip this and say, <laughs> yeah. this was it, 28 <laughs> I said it first. Josh said it first. There we go. My other number back-to-back, and we'll end it here, which would be your favourite match of all time and favourite event. Oh, God. Do you know for me, I, I was watching WrestleMania 48, yes. Like, that was for me. I watched that all the time religiously and unforgiven 98 the match. don't know why but i had it on vhs i just watch all the time no, surely it's got to be wrestlemania 17. i mean <laughs> do you know do you know what i'm a big fan of which i was a bit gutted when he did away with it the elimination chamber pay-per-views mm. Mm. now the elimination the, the uh, elimination chamber pod was i was a big fan of that and you know, some of the moments for me, um, the Shield versus the Wyatt family, I thought that was awesome, um, how we did that. Um, I mean, there's just so many good matches. Um, I think Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, um, yeah. you know, Shawn Michaels, phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah, there's just so many. Uh, it's, it's difficult to pick one out because... Uh, Wrestling wise, Shawn Michaels Taker, I think that was um, arguably one of the best. Um, I, I I could go for matches all day. I really could. Um, I'm just trying to think now. Um, you can rival that. I think that's a pretty solid choice. To be fair, I mean he tops most people's list, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, like you know, you've got two guys top top of the game, seasoned veterans, you know, um, and they just didn't disappoint. The one that the one that disappointed everyone, I think, going back was the original Goldberg let the um, Goldberg Lesnar match, mm. the original one, uh, going back a few years. I think that was just um, that just disappointed everybody, and you know, I, I think that that might, might have been at Madison Square Garden. I think I'm not yeah. sure. Uh, I know the fans booed. It was a disappointing one. Yeah, I think also was. alongside um, AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura at WrestleMania, that was probably quite disappointing compared to what people expected from the New Japan days. Yeah. Just so you know. But th- this is it. This is WWE's production. They have a way of doing things that other companies don't. They like their performers to perform in a certain way. You know, it's more for the TV than it is for the crowd, let's be honest. And yeah, yeah, it can be quite disappointing. But I think that's where it comes down to somebody like yourself, Josh, and with a brand new promotion, you know, you're heading this now. It's it's your job to to please the crowd with the performance that you've got. And um, yeah, I mean, we, we just wish you the, the absolute best of luck. Not that you'll need it. I'm sure you will. Yes. But uh, yes, fantastic. 
Jamie, where can everybody... Oh, I was going to say a final plug for him too, obviously. Um, where yeah. can everybody find you on social media? Where, where's your handles? How can people get to you? Yeah, of course. Um, so we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, and CWE. Uh, we are, I think it's uh, underscore official underscore CWE um, for pretty much all of them. Uh, we are at www.officialcwe.com. Uh, if you go on our website, scroll down to the bottom, it's got actually all our social media links. Um, so if you can't find us, go on our website, scroll down to the bottom. It's got our copyright thing, and then just underneath that, it's just got all our um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We're on YouTube, we're on Blood and everything now, YouTube. <laughs> all You've got to be these days, don't you? Yeah, you do, yeah. And, uh, and where can everybody find us on the socials, please, Jamie? Yeah, and like I said, just like that, you can follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at Grapplecast Show, and you can follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Deezer, wherever you find your podcast. Really, uh, make sure to press follow and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Fantastic. Well, we thank you again, Josh. Fantastic. Yeah, thank you very much for having Thanks me. So much for being on. And if that's everything, enjoy the show, guys. We look forward to November the 26th. And thank you, everyone, to all of our listeners around the world. And we'll see you on next week's show. Ta-ra, guys. Cheers. Hold one. Arm drag. Brett screwed Brett. It's me, Austin. I did it for The Rock. Oh, shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Number four, arm bar. I am so...